Well, praise the Lord and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here on a beautiful Friday morning in our studio at Crossway Church. And we're in 1 Timothy on our Friday morning Bible studies now, presently. Uh, we'll be in chapter 6 this morning. We'll be starting in verse 10. Uh, but just take a second to let you know the avenues through which you can listen to our ministry here. Uh, thecrosswaychurch.com is the website. You can go and see all the messages uploaded there. They stay there for one year. We keep a year's worth of messages on the website. Uh, at the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, everything's uploaded there as well. And it stays there even beyond a year. It's unlimited and all that good stuff. Uh, but you can also watch on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page, and there's an app you can get on your phone, a couple, two or three apps. There's a, the podcast app where you can find, just type my name in. There's the Spreaker app you can type for those who have ears to hear, or you can type my name in. Or uh, our church has an app, Crossway Church. Lots of avenues there for you to be able to hear the word. Uh, as it is in truth and righteousness so that you can grow and it can be really faith that's coming and you can be growing uh, as you learn the Word of God in truth and righteousness. And that's such a great blessing in these last days is God has promised to increase knowledge in these last days through the prophet Daniel. He said that. And uh, we're experiencing that, not just in computers and automobiles and airplanes, but in the very knowledge of the truth of God's Word, something the church has been far too long without. We've known what the Bible says, but uh, we've been very, very unaware of the truth of God's Word. We've not really known that all of God's words are in righteousness and that righteousness is only revealed by the truth, Proverbs 12, 17, which is the gospel, Romans 1, 16 and 17. And so all of God's words are in righteousness again and that righteousness is revealed by the truth, Proverbs 12, 17. When it's truth is spoken, it's revealed. And Romans 1, 16 and 17 tells us that only through the gospel, which is the truth, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. That means from our initial salvation to our daily sanctification, God's word in its truth and righteous context. Hallelujah. Woo! I mean, that right there will set the heart on fire when the Christian... Not every Christian, very few Christians today even really want to learn God's Word, to allow God's Word to be a lamp to their feet and a light to their path. But if you're watching me, I know that you're one of those that do. And uh, so we may not have many people along for the ride, but I got news for you. The few that do follow us as we follow Christ and learn that which we're learning will be blessed beyond measure. And I'm thankful for that today. So again, uh, you can give to this ministry. And when you're giving to Crossway Church, you're giving to the preaching of the cross. We, we send seven expositor study Bibles into the prison system every week. Cost us a little over a thousand a month. So for a little small church, uh, that's quite a task, but it's well worth it. And because it's God's Word being given to men and women in the prison system. So you can be a part of that. So again, uh, thecrosswaychurch.com. Make sure you tell us what the money's going for. Or you can check the box uh, when you text your giving to 903-231-5950. And we appreciate all of you who are sowing into this ministry to help us plant churches, give Bibles to inmates in the prison system, not the New Testament, the whole Expositor Study Bible, and even we're sowing to a church in the Philippines. And we just praise God. And when you help us financially, you become a part of that, and your prayers also make you a part of it. So, praise the Lord. Today, we're in 1 Timothy chapter 6. This will be session 3 here on June the 19th, 2020. A beautiful and hot sunny day here in northeast Texas, the beautiful piney woods of northeast Texas. Lots of cheap places to live, by the way, for those of you who may be praying about moving to this place so you can have a good church to go to where you won't have to worry about all these folks 
being put in the pulpit, not preaching God's word in the proper context, which is the cross, hallelujah. And we're just excited, hallelujah, this morning. I'm glad to have some folks in the studio. I'll be glad when some more of these folks around this Cass County area that claim they love this truth join us here in the Bible study in the studio on Friday mornings. It's not about your church, it's about the truth, hallelujah. So 1 Timothy chapter 6, we'll start in verse 10, and I pray God give us wisdom today. I pray He comfort us, and I pray that even as we focus on the gospel in these scriptures, just as the church in Galatia was told by Paul that God, didn't God work miracles among you when just through the hearing of faith, just at the preaching of the gospel, miracles took place. So today, expect a miracle as you look for the truth of God's word in your life. And I believe he's going to do it. 1 Timothy 6.10, for the love of money. Everybody say, the love of money. The love of money, not money. The love of money is the root of all evil. It's not what men have, it's what men do with what men have or don't have. And we'll see that today. For the love of money is the root of all, all, all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith. And we'll see why, because you can't serve both. The love of money is a serving of money. Whatever you love, you're serving. Whatever you love, you're serving. You love your country, you serve your country. You pray for your country, you vote, and you, you, you pick up the trash. If you love your country, you serve your country. If you love your spouse, you serve your spouse properly in biblical ways. Whatever you love, you're serving. So he says, they have erred from the faith. These that have coveted after money. It's their drive. They, they're coveting after money. And they've erred from the faith. So don't tell me that you can't err from the faith. Turn away from the faith. Uh, be moved away from grace. It's too much in the New Testament. tells you you can flat out in, in, in clear words. We don't have to make things up. It's there written. Here's one of them. We can err from the faith if we covet after money because we're loving and serving money and they've pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Now, always remember when you're reading the Bible, you're reading God's Word. I don't care when you open that Bible, it's God's Word, whether He spoke it to a prophet, through a prophet, or he told them to write down a story that took place. It is the word of Almighty God inside that Bible. Don't listen to these false, demonic people today that say, yeah, if God spoke it through a prophet or if, if God spoke it through Jesus, uh, that alone. These stories, that's really not the word. No, it's from Genesis to Revelation is the word of God. Again, whether he spoke it through a prophet or whether he just illustrated it in, in a story form and then told them to write it down. It's the Word of God and faith comes to our hearts when we hear God's Word in its proper context which is always again righteousness. Hallelujah. Truth and righteousness. So, the love of money, love of money is the root of all evil. All evil. No matter what it is, the, the, the you know, the... The, 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 the drug addicts. Really what's behind that is the love of money. Because the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. See, you know, when, when we begin to do drugs or we go to the nightclubs and we drink alcohol and uh, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're using the money we have to, to buy things to make us feel a certain way. See, see, it's such a subtle scheme of the enemy. Uh, it, many people in the church are serving money and not God. And we'll see the scriptures today that prove that you can't serve both. You can't serve God and money. 
folks that refuse to support the work of God with their finances because they say that's their money. They worked hard for their money. And, 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 they, and, and we do work. We do work. But God gave us the minds. He gave us the health. He opened the doors. I mean, lots of folks don't have that. God has blessed us with the minds, the health, the door open for those jobs because it all belongs to Him. And some people won't support the Christians, won't support the work of God with their money because they're serving their money. It's controlling them. When you start talking about it's my money and I work for it, those are factual statements. But, but the reason we're here, child of God, is to, number one, is to support the work of God. Because eternally, when you leave here, that's all that's going to matter. That's all that's going to count for you at the judgment seat of Christ. I'm not talking about how much money you gave. I'm talking about serving God in many areas. But when we don't support the work of God, which, by the way, is the preaching of the gospel with our finances, there's only one reason. Either we don't have it to give, or we have it, but we've made it our own, and we're not giving any to the Lord, and He'll just have to understand. And I'm either serving money, or I'm serving God. Serving myself, or I'm serving God. The love of money is the root of all evil, not money, but the love of it. The rich, and I think we said this last week, the rich can love money they have and be greedy for more. The poor can have a love for money that they don't have. And we said last Friday morning, how many people do you see in the, the, the lines at the lottery in the, in the convenience stores that are duded out in well-dressed three-piece suits? I've never seen one. Only people I see buying lottery tickets are the people who look like they're on their last 50 cents. They look like they're on their last leg. They look unhealthy. Most of them that I've ever seen, maybe there are people, I'm sure there are people, all kind of people buying lottery, but 90%, all, not, not for me, all I've ever seen buying lotto tickets are people who look like they are down and, and about to just, Go completely out. I mean, they're dirty. They look unhealthy. They're buying cigarettes with their lottery tickets. They look like they need money not to be giving money away. And somebody asked me one time on the job where I used to work, they said, you, you, you don't believe in, you probably don't believe in going to the boats and gambling, do you, preacher? I said, no. I said, Christians, and they claim to be Christian, and I'm not going to say they're not, but I said, Christians don't live by chance. We live by faith. We don't live by chance. We don't throw money at something hoping it works out and, and, and gambling and sowing into something that's destroying millions of lives. We, we bring the tithes and the offerings into the storehouse and God promised to open up the windows of heaven over us, hallelujah, and pour out on us blessings we can't contain. Now again, that's if the gospel, the message of the cross, is what you're giving to. Amen. Amen. You, you can't just give to anything. I mean, God don't honor giving. He honors giving according to the Word of God. Amen. We don't just get to choose and pick what I think. We got a Bible. Hallelujah. Bible tells us. Glory to God. And uh, let me see if I might turn this down a little bit. Looks like it may be getting a little loud. So we'll try to turn that down, see how it's working out. Maybe that's a little better right there. And uh, so, not only... Do the rich have a problem with the love of money they have? The poor can have a love of money for the money they don't have, but they're greedy for. You can be greedy after money if you got it or you don't got it. So this ain't no uh, rich, I, I, I ain't rich, I don't need to listen to him. No, you can be without money and have just about a greed for money as the rich man has. And somebody said amen. And amen. Just go sit there at the Easy Mart right down here for about three or four hours and watch what the people look like that are coming in buying lottery tickets. Just the people look like they ought to be putting money in a casket because they look like they're about to get in it. 
I'm not kidding you. That's such a subtle deception. These people go into the boats, go into the this, and go into that and gambling. Just give, they ain't giving a penny to the Lord. But they're saying that God might let them win the lotto. They got God in their own mindset. And I know a lot of people, they don't like me because of this kind of talk, but it's only those who are serving money. You know, I'm, I'm laughing all the way to the bank. My bank's in heaven, hallelujah. My treasure's mercy and grace, hallelujah. It ain't some big bank account or a big mansion somewhere. Hallelujah. I'm smiling all the way to the bank. His name's Jesus. Hey! Erring from the faith will be the result of loving and coveting after money. The love of money, the love of money can only reap the piercing of oneself through with many sorrows. I mean, I mean I've watched people have money and they, they're not happy with it because money, listen, if money can't purchase a soul, and it can't. Only the blood of Jesus can purchase a soul. That means only faith in the blood of Jesus can you be saved. Not only saved, but truly inwardly satisfied, happy, blessed. You, you, you might put on a show, my friend, but inwardly, if you got the love, that's, that's why most of the church today, we came out of a church that tried to make it look like all the giving was for the ministry, but they weren't focused on the preaching of the cross. They were focused on the Word of God in a perverted context. But oh, we'd fill the altar up there and cover it with green money. And I'm not kidding you, a big, huge altar, we'd cover it many times with green dollars all for the name of ministry. What kind of ministry? It wasn't the ministry of reconciliation. It wasn't teaching God's people how to live in victory. It was, it was none of that. It was teaching. The focus was on blessing the preachers so that you'll be blessed. Amen. The love of money is so deceptive because one can be serving money and think they're serving God. There's a lot of people that they won't put their money in the offering plate. They, won't, they think they have to give it right to the preacher. Now let me tell you something about giving. There's many, many avenues of giving where you're not going to receive a reward for it. Here or at the judgment seat of Christ. If you give to false doctrine, you're not getting a thing from God for it. Even if you're, even if you're it deceived, it, uh, it doesn't matter. Deception means I don't know that I don't know. Listen, when you're giving to something that's not the preaching of the, the Word of God in the proper context, you're not getting a reward for it. I don't care if the preacher doesn't know and it's an ignorance in that I don't know. You're still getting nothing for it because God doesn't wink at ignorance but commands men everywhere to repent. We're not getting, we're not getting one reward, nothing from God for giving to that which is false. We're not getting any rewards from the Lord, not getting anything from the Lord when we give to be seen giving. Now, listen, and that don't mean you don't carry your envelope and put it in the basket at offering time. It just means you don't hold it up where everybody can see you. <laughs> hey, look, hey! <laughs> it means you don't drop your, your offering uh, envelope in the offering basket face up where everybody can see. Woo, look how much, you know. Now, just let me say something now. It's a matter of the heart. Some folk drop their offering envelope in the basket face up they don't even know they dropped it in their face up I'm talking about a heart issue if you give to be seen giving you're not getting a thing for it nothing if you give to anything other than that which I'm talking about the preaching than that which saves and teaches how to live saved teaches how to live in victory you ain't getting nothing for it just because you had good motives in you and your heart was. Well, listen, if, if that's the case, then folks are going to be allowed in heaven. 
that never accepted Christ. But that's not the case. It's not about what you wanted to take place. It's about what God's Word says and that being honored. Amen? Amen. It's like the tithe. When people bring the tithe, if the tithe's 50 bucks and you throw a 10 in there, that's not obedience to the Word. That's you bringing your thoughts and opinions in. Well, God will honor whatever I do. Well, Cain didn't get away with it. Amen, Brother Curtis. I know a lot of, but when you start talking about money, it's real, it gets real touchy, it's controversial, but only to those who have a love for it. Only those who have a love for it. Everybody else, money's serving, money serving the plan of God. We're not serving money, it's serving the purpose of God. We prove that through our giving, the Apostle Paul said. The Bible says we prove, this, we prove there's a manifestation of the sincerity of our love through our giving. So, and again, let me read this. The love of money is so deceptive because one can be serving money and think they're serving God and you cannot serve God and money at the same time. And don't, I mean, everybody hears something like this and they, well, that wouldn't be me. That couldn't happen to me. Let me tell you something, folks. It happened to us for many years. And we always needed money. The ministry we were in was always in financial uh, hurt. We were personally in financial hurt. Because of false ministry for years, we went bankrupt. Lost all we had. I don't care what anybody says. It was due to false doctrine. And God was able to get us back to the truth of His Word, the gospel, my friends. God gave us back land we lost. God built us a house. God's done all He's done. Gave me my job back, restored me to a high position, blessed me, blessed my family because He was able to get us back to focus on the gospel, not money. Listen to your preacher. Whatever he's focused on, whatever is full in his heart is going to be in every message. If he talks a lot about women, you better watch him. If he talks a lot about money, you better keep one hand on your wallet. But if he's talking about the cross of Christ all the time, you better just pay attention and listen. And just enjoy yourself and the things of the Lord because you're going to grow and you know that you're giving to good ground. So Jesus taught this, Matthew 6, 24, no man, mm-hmm. not, not some men, those who gain a, a certain place of maturity, Jesus said not one man can serve two masters. Nobody. Can't do it. Can't be done. Impossibility. You cannot serve two masters. I remember going into a preacher's office years ago, me and this dear sister, and we had done come up with a ministry. God was going to uh, use us. We were going to go out on the streets, and we did. Every Saturday night when uh, what's known now as Tractor Supply was Food King Grocery Store. Y'all remember that back then, Food King? We pulled a 16-foot trailer out there by that pole, and on Saturday nights, about 8 o'clock, we sang and preached the gospel out there, right there by 59. But we went into the preacher's office and said, we're going to start a ministry. Pack your bags, ministry. That was the name of it. And, uh, and he said, okay, who, who's in charge? Who's leading it up? And we said, we are. He said, no, which one of you? And the lady said, we're, we're both in charge. He said, no, you're not. Anything with two heads is a monster. Somebody, one person's got to be in charge. If everybody's in charge, you got problems. That's why God sets things in order. God, Christ, the husband, the wife, pastor, elders, deacons, everything is in order. Think about that. You can't serve two masters. Can't do it. Impossibility. Not going to happen. Because either he will hate the one and love the other or he will hold to the one and despise the other. 
Those are the only two predicaments for thinking you're trying to serve two masters. You can't do it. Because you'll love one or hate the other. And if you love your money, you're not going to serve God with your money. But if you love God, you'll serve God with your money. Hey! hey. Jesus taught this. No man can serve two masters. You can't do it. He taught this with the ideal of mammon, money, worldly things. You can't serve those things and serve God too. Jesus went on to say you can't can't serve God and men. You can't honor God and honor men at the same level. Certain men deserve honor. Elders in the church deserve honor. Those who labor in the word and prayer and truth, doctrine, labor in the word and doctrine, it says, we've studied that already, are worthy of double honor. And we've learned that earlier on, that that means money. They're worthy of payment, just like the widow. If true widow indeed, we've studied this. If you missed any of the sessions, go back session by session. Learn the Word of God. No, Don't walk around in ignorance and, and only wish you knew what this meant. Stick with us. Go back and catch up to us. and You will, man, you will be so blessed when you as a child of God begin to learn the Word of God. All these things mean something even for you. Everything in the Bible can have a place in your heart even if you're not a widow or you're not a pastor or you're not an elder. It still will mean something to you because it's the Word of God. You know, some people say, well, he's teaching on the gifts. Uh, 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 he's teaching on elders. He's teaching on deacons and, you know, or widows and that don't really pertain to me. It's the Word of God. We live by every word of God. You you may not be a preacher, a widow, or whatever, but it's still going to mean something to you because the Holy Spirit will minister to you in some way, will enlighten you, add, uh, increase your knowledge, and you need it. You need it. People come up to you. You don't need to say, well, here's my preacher's number. Call him. He can answer your question. You need to be able to answer the question. That's got too much of that mess goes on. Well, I don't really know. Uh, and I know none of us know everything. But, you know, it, I mean, I mean I've, known, I've watched uh, people uh, who want to minister to people, who want to uh, share the good news, but they don't have the boldness. They don't have the confidence. So they just give a card and here, here, here's a card, read that. Well, you know, that's better than nothing. But we need to have the confidence in what we have, the Lord. We need to have a boldness. We need to have assurance that we don't need to be the ones who are timid and the world's all cocky and bold and we don't walk around cocky and bold but our confidence sometimes mistaken for that and we need to be the ones that's not... We don't need to be controlled by fear because of the way the world acts. They need to be convicted because of the way we're living and what we have to share. So Jesus taught this, you can't have two masters, and he's teaching in the context of serving money or serving God. Amen. Bo shared something with me recently that he saw somebody teaching somewhere that said, uh, you know, when, when Jesus said, give to Caesar what's Caesar's and give to God what's God's. And he took a coin from a man and said, what's on the coin? He said, well, a picture of Caesar. And he said, okay, well, Give it to Caesar. He said, but the most important thing about that is, what's God's? You are. Give yourself to the Lord. Every day, give yourself to the Lord. You're His. Bought with a price greater than money. The blood of Jesus. Amen. Verse 11, here comes a command, not an option. There are no options in the Bible. There are no, uh, we choose uh, uh, this or that. God gives commands. And those who live in that fashion, uh, they understand that their God, our faithful Lord, the God of the Bible, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I have to say all that because to some people, a God could be the son, a tree frog, (laughs) whatever. Our God is the God of the Bible, the God who is the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, the God who became flesh, dwelt among us, and went to the cross for died and rose, rose from the dead. That's the God we serve. And, 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 and he gives commands, not so he can sit back and say, yep, 
I'm God and you're not. Ha, ha, ha. Just obey my commands. He's not that kind of God. The commands he gives are commands that will enhance the blessings of the Lord inwardly and outwardly, most important, inwardly. The inward things we have of the Lord are more important than the outer blessings we have of the Lord. Thank God for both, but what he does in me and for me, which is in me, is greater than anything he could do out here, a house, a car, job. Thank God for all that he does. But he commands us because if you look at the cross, and that's where you always have to look, God commanded, God the Father commanded his Son to come and lay his life down. John 10, 18, Jesus said, No man take my life from me, but I have the power to lay it down and to take it up again because I have this commandment. The power of God is seen in the commandment. We've been commanded to love each other. When we keep our faith in the cross and we're not really working hard to love each other, our faith, our faith is in the right place That means it's proper faith, it's working by love, and the manifestation of it is love. Hallelujah. Not striving to love, I'm striving for the faith of the gospel because the result of that is love. I'm not striving to love everybody. I'm I'm striving for the faith of the gospel because the result of that is automatically loving you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. See, a lot of the church is, is, is moving in a direction, well, we just need to focus on love. You better focus on the faith of the gospel because that just results in a love. Hallelujah. One to another. If you're focused just on love and striving together to love each other, you got to work to do that and it ain't going to work out for you. Hey, I done said a mouthful there. But you got those that can't hear. They've grown deaf by being uh, pulled by other people and the lust of their own flesh going out those ways. God's commands, the example is always Jesus. Do you see what happened to you and me and has been offered to all of the world because Jesus humbled himself and became obedient? I'm telling you folks, God's words are not optional, they're commands because Jesus is the captain of our salvation. Captains give orders. Orders followed bring the blessings intended. God's not giving commands with his words so he can just appear to be God and, and, and I'm ruling all. He's ruling whether you like it or not. But when we, like Christ, are involved in his plan through humility and obedience. And that can't happen unless we're trusting in the work of Christ at Calvary. Then the Holy Spirit flows in me. Proper faith works by love, Galatians 5 and 6. And when proper faith is working by love, what does it produce? Love. Amen. Y'all all right this morning? I know a lot of people done turned me off, but I'm just now getting fired up. Hallelujah. So here comes the charge in verse 11, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11. But you, O man, now look, verse 10, he's talking about the love, the love of money is the root of all evil, while, which while some coveted after. He's talking about church folk. He's talking about Christians. He's talking about preachers. They have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O man of God, and this morning because we got some uh, uh, a different gender than mankind in the chairs out here, we can say, but you, O woman of God. Because this ain't just to Timothy. This is to Timothy and everybody else who's got access to read it. But to you, O Curtis... See, if you don't take the word of God personally, you ain't getting what you need. 
But you, O man of God, flee these things. Run from these things. Where they're preaching money, run. Find somewhere where they're preaching the cross, hallelujah. Or when they're preaching all this other stuff, teaching all this other stuff. There are many doctrines in the Bible, many teachings in the Bible, but they have to be rooted in the cross. The cross has to be involved in the very teaching of them. If it's not, then we'll leave church trying to work together get to this place we just heard preached about instead of trusting that Jesus already did the work and I'm just to walk in obedience to the word of God. How many of you know the Bible says in Hebrews 4, 3 that the works were finished before the world started? But they had to be carried out. And the only way that God functioned in and blessed his people and got us all the way up to the point where he brought about the one who would carry out his redemptive plan was through obedience. Obedience. Noah obeyed and built an ark. And all the other people, even though they weren't perfect, sinless people, God moved in them, spoke to them. When they obeyed, God moved greater in them and through them and brought his people further and further, painting a brighter and brighter portrait until Christ said the portrait is finished. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm excited this morning. Better pay attention, folks. But you, oh man of God. Timothy was in a young minister. He was in the midst of all these things Paul warned about. Instead of getting up and teaching today and preaching today, oh, just the love of God. The reason God gave Timothy these things, oh, it's just because he loved him so. I believe it without a shadow of a doubt. But these things were taught with more of a mindset than that. They were taught and written, Paul wrote to Timothy, with a mindset, the mindset of God, not just Paul, that Timothy's in trouble. He's young. He's surrounded by everything that has the very possibility of pulling him away from the faith, causing him him to err in the faith and that's the focus of 99% of the New Testament when uh, at least Paul's writings is to cause us to be alarmed about what's going on warned not to go off into it but to stay the course of faith in the cross and to make that the preeminent message for without that being applied to every message that message had no power you can jump up and shout and pull your colored hanky out and run all all over the platform and get the people stirred up shouting oh glory to the Lord, glory to the Lord. But if you, listen, the Bible remains to be the truth of God and it tells us that the preaching of the cross is the power of God. You can quote scripture all day long and sound like you're really something but if it's not in the light of the one who said I am the light and what he did at the cross to make that light available then you will leave that service shouting and hollering but your shout will not be for the cause of the righteousness of God. That's the only shout acknowledged in heaven. Let them shout for joy that favor my righteous cause. Not because they had a good, big, excited time this morning, but did they hear the truth of the gospel? That'll make you shout. Most in the church today don't want to hear about the truth of the gospel. They want to hear about what appeases their flesh. That was the context of this entire, these letters to Timothy. Stay the course. Keep the focus. They're going to try, they're going to creep in. They're going to try to do this. They're, kind of, they're going to try to pervert and twist everything you've been taught. And it ain't about nothing, Paul said, but what I've given you. If somebody comes preaching anything else, let them be accursed. We need more preachers with that attitude today. You, but you, you, O oh man of God, flee these things. Doesn't stay there. Well, you know, I, I know it's not right, but my grandmother, she's been in this church. My great-grandmother, this is our family church. And the, 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 God don't care how long that church has been in your family. God says... Don't live by your feelings. God says don't live by your emotions. Live by what I, you live by what I say. You live by every word that proceeds out of my mouth, not how you feel. And God says flee those things. 
Millions today need to get up and get out of where they are. God didn't send them. God's not honored any of their giving and they're not going to be rewarded for it. But God is, hallelujah, raising up churches all over the world now. Little storefront churches focused on the cross of Christ and the light is shining, hallelujah. Most of the church, just like most of Israel, rejected Christ. Most will reject the truth of the cross for daily living. I'm watching it happen all the time. Every day. But you, O man of God, flee these things and follow these things. What things? Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Follow. What do those things represent? What are those things? Those things are all, as everything is that's of God, fruit of what the Spirit does. The fruit of the Spirit. Follow after righteousness. Now that's, that's most important right there. Because Hebrews 12 and 14 says that if we don't follow after peace and holiness, which is the only, holiness is only the result of righteousness. It's the, the only avenue to have the fruit of holiness in your life is not your hair length. It's not the clothes you wear. It's righteousness. The fruit of righteousness. And I got to say this all the time. If you're born again, you are righteous and just and holy in Christ at the right hand of the Father in heaven right now. But you, you need to hear this. God is very interested and very much focused on is your life justified before Him? You are, but is the fruit of your life justified? Is it righteous living? Is it holy living? Because you and I, here it comes, we've been commanded to be holy because He's holy. And the only way that can be carried out is if our faith stays today, not 40 years ago, 4 days ago, if our faith remains in the Holy One who gave His life so that we could be declared righteous, be made the servants of righteousness, Romans chapter 6 bears that out, and be able to daily bear forth the fruits of His righteousness again. Romans 6 teaches that unless the experience of righteousness is there. I'm not talking about our position. I'm talking about our experience, our condition. Unless we're experiencing the fruit of righteousness, holiness doesn't have a place to come from. No other avenue can holiness be inexperienced. And hear me, Hebrews 12, 14 says that if, if holiness can't be seen, the Lord can't be seen. If, we don't, if we're not following after peace and holiness, the Lord can't be seen. No man can see the Lord. Now for years we've taken that to mean that I personally couldn't see the Lord if I wasn't following after peace and holiness. And maybe that's true to some degree. But here's the thing to me. If I'm not following after peace and holiness... And I'm not, if I'm not preaching the message of the cross for all the fruit of God to take place in my life through faith in that alone, there is no way holiness can be there and God can't be seen in my ministry. <coughs> Lord can't be seen in the way I live. Oh, now I might have a form. Paul said, those that only have a form and they're denying the power of God, from such, turn away. <coughs> See, people in these last days, the church is sitting back today and blasting all that's going on in our inner cities. And rightly so. It's Satan. It's evil what's going on. But while they're doing all that, while they're, at pre while they're judging and blasting all that that's obviously wrong, they're like Israel was in that day. They think they have the appearance of what's right. And anybody who's not trusting <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> in the work of Christ at Calvary, in the eyes of God, their experience is wrong, even though they're doing some things that seem right. Because obedience in our lives is only legitimate 
God only sees our obedience legitimate while our faith is in Christ and what He did at Calvary. See, that's, that's hard for folk who don't know this truth of sanctification, how the cross relates to our daily lives, because they actually thought, like I used to think, that if, I, if I'm just doing things the Bible tells me to do, that God's going to honor that. No, no. God honors my faith when it's in Christ and what He did, and then the Holy Spirit can actually have me doing things, will have me the works that I'm ordained to walk in, but if my faith is not in the cross then all that I'm doing, God sees that as disobedience. Because my experience cannot be the fruit of righteousness unless I'm serving righteousness, and I cannot be serving righteousness if my faith is not in Calvary. Read Romans 6. It's right there for you to read and to learn. <clears throat> I'm not worried about small crowds and few people to talk to today because from what I'm seeing taking place in the world right now in our own nation it makes perfect sense when I read the Bible that in the last days many will wax cold many many will the love of many will wax cold because iniquity is abounding while the church is calling uh, the, the, the cattle black their hearts are black with sin before God in their daily lives I'm talking about the ones who go to church every week. Not forgiving people, not loving anybody except those that love them. Uh, uh, love for money greater than, I mean, if, man, I, man, I'll renounce Christ before I lose my job. I mean, I mean my job, my family, my, my heritage, all these things we put before God. I'm telling you, folks, things are going to change very rapidly in the days ahead. Very rapidly. And, uh, and, and, and what I mean by change is the love of many waxing cold, the rejection, the erring from faith, what we're talking about, the erring from faith and finding ourselves as the people of God being pierced through with many sorrows because we, we, we jump in and find ourselves entangled in the things of this world instead of just focused on and striving for the simplicity of Christ, the faith of the gospel. Amen? Y'all all right this morning? He tells Timothy and the people there at Ephesus and you and me today, flee these things. Flee them. Don't care if your grandmama gets mad at you and writes you out of the wheel, flee them. You don't live by what grandma says. You live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Hallelujah. And Jesus taught, if you put anybody before me, you're not worthy of me. So Jesus is not, he's not concerned, so to speak, about you keeping your family in a certain thing. He, he, he hadn't called you and I to keep peace. He's called us to make peace. And he made it for us through the blood of his cross. So we trust in that. If grandma writes us out, the family writes us away, throws us out, well, guess who we still got? The king of heaven. Hallelujah. We still got the Lord of all. Glory to God. We still living. They're dying because they're not trusting him. It's better for you to live it's better for you to be stoned so they can maybe get convicted. Thinking about Stephen and Paul before he was Paul when he was Saul holding the cloaks of those that and was glad to do it of those that stoned Stephen. God's got a plan. Sometimes it don't look pretty, but the outcome will always be to give him glory and for your benefit too. But you, O oh man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. And these things are all fruit. These things are all fruit of our forsaking the world and its love of money and our love now being for the Lord Jesus Christ because He first loved us. And that love that He shed abroad in our heart is, is functioning now by this faith we've been given. Think about that. Romans 12, 3 says we've been given the measure of faith. Galatians 5, 6 says that faith works by love. Uh-huh. And the warning to one of the churches in the book of Revelation is, is that you come back to your first love. 1 Corinthians 13, 8 says that the love that we have does not rejoice in iniquity. Iniquity is disobeying God's word in any form or fashion. But love, the love we have, rejoices in the truth. Love rejoices in the truth. 
Love is not just a mere feeling and an emotion. Everything that happens to you gives you feelings and emotions, but love that was shed abroad in our heart rejoices in the truth. Is that love that you're calling love in your heart, is it rejoicing in the truth? It's a question, folks. Well, it'll be found rejoicing after. It'll be, refound, it'll be found rejoicing in the truth if that's what your heart is rejoicing in, the truth. And you'll be found following after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. That's why there is a remnant of people today who love truth. They want to know truth. I, I get emails almost daily. I get messages almost daily. People requesting uh, messages we've preached because they are finally hearing. We're not the only ones, but we're one of a few in the land today and across the world that are preaching God's Word in truth. And he says, when truth is spoken, Proverbs 12, 17, righteousness is shown. And that's what God's trying to get you to see. That's what He made you. It's your born-again experience. He made you righteous in Christ. He made you a servant of that righteousness. Man, this is some of the most important stuff you'll ever hear. But people who really aren't interested and they just want to do their uh, civic, their, their community duties and it's just a good thing to go to church but they don't have really inten any intention on learning the truth of God's Word. They, they really don't have any intention on being equipped for the work of the ministry. They got up and left this congregation because they're really not, uh, you know, they, well, you know, God don't mind us having all this stuff and God and all these excuses and God don't mind blessing you and God don't mind you having good things but, and, and enjoying things but when it, God sees the heart and when those things begin to take over your Christian duties of obedience to God then you're serving them and not God. All these excuses of why we can't go to church well I have to use my boat every once in a while on Sunday don't and I got a motorcycle. And I got this and I got that. And God gave me these things to bless me. And I, you know, <laughs> if we're not careful, it's the lust of our flesh that carries us away. And we could talk about each one of these, but if you want to hear more in detail about these things, righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness, find somebody preaching the cross. There you'll hear all about them. There you will hear all about them. There, in that ministry, wherever that ministry is, these things will come to light. And the Bible, by the way, hear me clearly, the Bible says for us not to waste time, but to redeem the time. Now, that, that's a very important thing because who I let stand right here, they either going to redeem the time by pointing you to what can redeem the time, they're not going to stand up there and just tell you we need to redeem the time. We need to redeem the time. They're going to point you to what redeems time. Or they're going to point you to what you have to go do, make you think you could do it, and you can't. There's only one Redeemer and one way of the Redeemer that redeems everything known as in time. This command, the command is for the man of God to flee these things and to be found. To be found. We already are righteous and godly. We already are faithful. We already are a people of love, a people of patience and meekness in Christ at the right hand of the Father. But this letter was written so that we could hear it, believe it, accept the charge, the command given, and be found in the experience of these things. Certain people, I'm sure, just like today, when Timothy read this letter, whoever read it, everybody didn't say, thank God for the direction. Some people just said, oh, yeah, well, <laughs> you know. That's everywhere. But some people take the words that God gave Paul literally as the word of God, and they became obedient, and it blessed them. The blessings are found in obedience. Not you going and doing a bunch of stuff, but in you trusting the obedient one and what he did 
in humility and obedience by dying for you, that's where you continue with the heart to believe unto righteousness, then God's words that are all in righteousness, the Holy Spirit is able to lead you in that path of righteousness as He guides you into the truth of God's righteous words and the light of Christ becomes bigger and you're not working for anything, you're working from a platform of a finished work. You're not working to love people. You're working from that platform from which God loves all people, the giving of His Son. You getting that today? The command is for the man of God to flee these things and to be found following righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. Following after righteousness, and I've already shared this somewhat, takes place only through faith in the cross. You can't buy the book, The Purpose Driven Life, and highlight those things in there and think you can go do those things and intensify your relationship with the Lord. No. Everything you put your faith in outside of the cross is a statement from the heart to God. The cross was nowhere near enough. And every time you simply continue to fight good fight of faith, which we'll get to in the next verse probably next week, Fighting the good fight of faith simply. Lord, I'm trusting in what you did for me at Calvary today. The blood is still powerful enough to save anybody today, 2,000 years later. Then that means it's still powerful enough to give me grace to live and to function as a husband, a minister, a father, a co-laborer. Whatever we're called to do, we do it by grace. You've heard me say it recently. There's scripture for every one of these. Maybe I'll teach on it real soon if the Lord let me. But we're called by grace. Paul said he was called by grace. We're saved by grace, we're taught by grace. We labor by grace and we look for the very appearing of Christ by grace. Everything we do is by grace. That means by the Spirit of grace who is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, the Comforter. As we look to what Christ did at Calvary, the Spirit of grace functions in me legally and through me because my faith is in the legal work of Christ. And these things I'm not working to accomplish. I'm working because they're already accomplished in Christ at Calvary. People accuse us, well, according to them, you don't have to do anything. You just sit on the, on the couch and God just does it all. See, they're still trapped, trapped, and I mean chained in law. Because to think that we preach and teach you don't have to do nothing puts you in the same sinking boat the Judaizers were in because that's what they accused Paul of. They missed Jesus and they missed the Word of God through Paul. I said they missed and rejected Jesus and they missed God speaking through the Apostle Paul and rejected God through what Paul said. But I'm not. I've accepted Christ as the one who finished the work and I've accepted what I've been given in the Word of God so faith can come and I can walk out and live in an already finished work. Finished. I'm only walking in what's already finished and when I'm in that faith, then the righteousness of the law, Christ fulfilled, is being fulfilled in my heart, Romans 8 and 4. Hey, I'm not fulfilling anything. It's the Spirit of God fulfilling what's already been fulfilled and I'm not working to love you. I've got to work real hard to love them, you know. I've got to work real hard at it. Well, you ain't never going to love them. You're going to die working hard at it. Jesus did the work so that that love could flow through all of us and it happens when we're found found obedient. The letter was written to Timothy in the church in Ephesus so they wouldn't go wayward. So they could what? Be found walking in these ways because it doesn't just naturally come to the Christian. If things just naturally came to us, we wouldn't need anything in the New Testament except to be told Jesus is the Son of God, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Trust in Him. You can be forgiven and go to heaven. Okay, I do. We'll throw the rest of it out. We don't need it. But that's not the case. We need instruction. If we didn't, God just made a mistake or Paul was just make, making stuff up. But no, that's not the case. 
We have the Word of God given to us so that we can walk in the light of His Word and the manifested fruit be the light of who He is in our lives. It's been a great broadcast today. I know that you've been blessed if your heart hungers for His righteousness. If your heart hungers to learn the truth of God's Word, not just what you've been taught all your life, but the truth of God's Word so that the light of Christ can shine in and through your heart. I pray that you would join us every Friday morning for our continued Bible studies here at Cross Time with Pastor Curtis and also on Mondays and Thursdays at 8.30 a.m. We're presently in the book of Romans about to begin chapter 12. Uh, and our, our we just did, I think, uh, yesterday we began chapter 12. And what a great blessing and time of refreshing we're having as we learn the truth of God's Word. Don't forget, you can join us at 10 a.m. Sunday mornings, live online, Pastor Curtis Facebook page, the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. And uh, we're just so blessed by those of you who are learning along with us and laboring uh, in this great work of God's love. And uh, we look forward to what He's going to say and do in the days ahead. Don't forget to pray for us. Don't forget to give, to sow into the good ground God has given us here at Crossway Church. You can do that again at thecrosswaychurch.com or 903-231-5950. You can text your giving. Just type the word give in there. God bless you. We love you. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you then.